Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. And our podcast a few weeks ago, we talked to Rusty Reynolds of New Jersey and heard his story of his wife's battle with glioblastoma multiform, an aggressive and deadly brain cancer, which sadly took her life. Today, we're going to talk to another husband whose wife had the same diagnosis three years ago. But thanks to cannabis, she is alive today. Here to tell his wife's story is Greg Carlson from Illinois. Greg, thanks for doing this. We appreciate you telling your wife's story. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Now, being diagnosed with glioblastoma multiform is really a death sentence for the majority of sufferers. Only 25% survive more than a year, and only 5% survive more than five years. Greg, your wife is on her way to being one of those 5%. Take us back to before she got the diagnosis and tell us how she was feeling. Okay. Yeah, she was um, in 2016. She noticed that she was driving to work. She was missing the turns. So she literally could not see the streets. And she found it odd. And, and so she made an appointment with the eye doctor um, and uh, the eye doctor did the examination and said to her, either um, you either have multiple sclerosis, um, you've had a stroke or you've got a brain tumor. Wow. wow. Yeah. And so what happened after that? Um, we, we did it. She, um, recommended immediate, uh, an immediate follow-up MRI, which we had done the next day. And it was pretty obvious it was a brain tumor. And then we, um, sought some counsel and made the decision to go to Northwestern Medicine Hospital in Chicago, um, you know, to the emergency room. And she was admitted at that time. So. Greg, what was it like for the two of you emotionally the day she was told she had uh, stage four brain cancer? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, you know, it's the deer in the headlights type of thing. You don't know what's going on and you're just sort of caught off guard. It's, it's not the norm, um, obviously. Um, when the, I remember sitting in the room, I can still visualize sitting in the room and the doctor saying what it was. And I said, could you spell that? He couldn't even spell it. He said, give me a piece of paper and pencil to spell it. Uh, because it was so foreign to us, you know, and then he gave us the prognosis and, um, yeah, it was, it was quite, um, yeah, it set you back in the chair. Let's put it that way. You know, um, I would even say you feel at that point in time, you feel obviously hopeless. So you feel hopeless, you feel numb because of what has transpired. Right. Right. And you're here in shock. I mean, you know, she goes to an eye doctor and she's left with door number one, two or three, none of which were good. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. and yeah. then the next day, or it have it's all moving so fast. That's yeah, correct. Crazy. That's the thing that, since you said that, um, that brings back it does it moves so fast. <clears throat> um, you would think it'd be slow motion, but it actually isn't. You're moving so fast with all these decisions, and um, you know, my thought was, I just want that tumor out of her, not realizing 
all the things that go along with that, you know, so. What sort of treatment did she undergo? Um, we, we had the initial surgery, the craniotomy, uh, the first week, September of 2016. We were, we've had so many people we know have gone through can, uh, cancer treatment with radiation and chemo. We didn't want to do that. We've been pretty, we're pretty um, diligent about eat, trying to eat fairly healthy overall, you know, and um, we try to resist um, some of the standard of care when we can. And we decided to do that initially. Um, the doctor thought we were crazy, which we probably, you know, at that time we were. Um, but I used that time to start researching, you know, and um, the problem is I ran out of time. And Thanksgiving Eve of 2016, she woke up in the midnight and had excruciating pressure in the brain, went to the local hospital. They did a CT scan, confirmed the tumor was back. They sent us back to Chicago. And um, at that time, the brain surgeon that did the initial that specializes in glios was on vacation because it was the holiday weekend. And we didn't know this, but there was another neurosurgeon there filling in. And he felt compelled on that Saturday to do an additional craniotomy to relieve the pressure. And we found out later he was a back surgeon, but he has done brain surgery, but he's a back surgeon. Um, And then the uh, original surgeon returned from his vacation on Monday and came in and told us that he had only gotten half the tumor. But he said, the good news is he goes, I think I can get the rest of it, but he would not proceed unless we would agree to doing chemo and radiation, which just, you know, was tough to swallow. But, um, at that point in time, um, if I'm being asked, you know, you're desperate to keep your wife alive. And so you make decisions and I'm like, okay, let's do it. So she had two craniotomies within five days of each other. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Is, is that normal for a surgeon to demand that you have chemo or radiation before operating? Hmm. I think it's because it was our second time around. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And we had refused it the first time around. So I think that he was like, you know, if you don't do this, you're not, there's no point, you know. Um, and at that time, we, we, you know, we realize now, and we knew then, I guess I should say, that the chemo and radiation was really not, it's not curative. It's not curative. It's just to extend life, you know, so. I was reading something the other day about uh, glioblastoma, and it said that they're very difficult uh, due to several complicating factors. One is the tumor cells are very resistant to conventional therapies. And I wonder if doctors know that. Since the brain is susceptible to damage from conventional therapy, mm-hmm. the brain has a very limited capacity to repair itself, and mm. many drugs cannot cross the blood-brain barrier to act on the yeah. tumor. And one of those uh, treatments that uh, can cross the blood-brain barrier to act on the tumor is cannabis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> has your wife, has she used cannabis? Yes. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to share the story how we got introduced to it, actually. Um, interestingly, when I was researching initially, when she was first diagnosed, I saw a post, um, I think it was even on Pinterest, if I'm not mistaken, where a lady had posted she had been cured of a GBM, a glioblastoma, using cannabis. And I had my, my daughter, Lauren, I had daughter Lauren look and see if she could contact that person. 
and she was never never able to contact her. But I remembered that post. Um, we actually ended up going to Tijuana, Mexico to hope for cancer. Um, and we started doing their therapies and I met an individual there. <laughs> I'll never forget his name, Sundip Shaw. Um, and his daughter was there and she was using cannabis and I became interested in that. And he started sharing with me, um, how it works and some of the details about cannabis. Um, and then he introduced me to a couple of men that were producing cannabis oil in California. So when we returned to Illinois, I immediately was in contact with them to start having it shipped from California to, to, to Illinois. No, Illinois, is that a legal state? It is. Yes, it is medicinally. And now as of January 1st this year, recreationally. Yes. How much cannabis, uh, was your wife taking? Well, um, we were pro- I probably got Sally up to around 400 milligrams uh, in a 24-hour period, I would say. Um, she does have some chemical sensitivities. When I say chemicals, I should say anything that is – she does have some sensitivities, and but she was doing pretty well. But that's about the maximum dosage I could give her. But she was quite a bit loopy, you know, oftentimes. And um, at one point in time, I went to a, uh, a seminar – hosted by Regina Nelson. I think she's a, she has a PhD and she wrote a book about cannabis. I was reading it and she was hosting a seminar in Peoria, Illinois. I went down there for a full day seminar to learn more about cannabis. And, um, you know, this whole one gram a day thing is out there. And I'm like, how do you do it? How do you do? And to, even to this day, I don't know how you do a gram a day. I don't know how it's done, but, um, I came back from that seminar determined to eradicate this cancer <laughs> And I slowly started to increase her, but my slowly increasing was not as slow as it should have been. And she had an episode where she got too much THC. And so we had to shut it down for two weeks just to sort of clear the air and then try to regroup and start again. So, um, you know, that whole gram a day thing, Greg, has really gone out the window, basically. You know, I mean, there's so many variables. Um and I can tell you that there are a number of people, myself being in that list, uh, that got nowhere near a gram a day and um, was able to eradicate cancer. So um, was your wife doing all the oil orally? Yes, I, um, I would put it in capsules, you know, double O vegan capsules, and I would have her take it that way. Uh, when you say, when you say oral, she was ingesting it. She wasn't taking it sublingually because she just couldn't handle the taste and the, all that kind of stuff. So I just made it like that for her. Right. Um, because with suppositories, 95% of the people that I've played a part in clearing um, do a regime of suppository morning and afternoon oral dose at night. And with suppositories, um, in 90% of cases, people don't get high. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the the key the key is you want it just past the inner sphincter muscle. You don't want it any further. And mm-hmm. I always share this with people um, because I think they have an aha moment. But I was speaking with this woman once. She's a little rough around the edges, and she's like, "Oh, you mean where it gets to that part where it kind of sucks it in?" 
<laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that would be it. So when I'm speaking with people and telling them how far to put it in, I always share that story. And they all laugh and they all get it when I say that. So, okay. um, yeah, so just an FYI for you. Um, I might want to follow up on that uh, treatment just uh, for, in case, um, you know, Sally has a reoccurrence or whatever's going on. I'd like to have some yeah. knowledge of that. Yeah. Well, you can always contact me and Regina. She's she's great. She's uh, one of the people on my friends list. So how so? Was she doing it three times a day, Greg, or yeah. what? Yeah, we would do it. Yeah, I was I was um, giving her a heavier dose at night. Right. Uh, and yes, we were doing it morning. I think I was even doing it four times a day. Just you know, smaller doses, four times, you know, three times a day, and at night I was doubling it down. So um, she was sleeping very well. Um, you know, she would sleep awesome. Um, but when she woke up, she was a little bit foggy, you know, and I would get, give her a chance to clear and then we'd start doing it again, you know? So, uh, yeah, I can't remember the dosages throughout the day. It's been, we're actually coming up on four years, September this year. So it's been a while since I was starting that regimen. I've dialed back to more of a maintenance dose. Um, she's probably taking around a hundred milligrams uh, a day, roughly now. Right. So. Right. And when you were getting this oil, was it a single strain oil or, or multiple strains? Do you know? Do you recall? Right. You know, um, when I was getting it from California, which lasted for about, I'm just going to say three to four to five months, I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Um, but then I switched over to Gorilla Glue, if I can name a brand, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, um, I was using Gorilla Glue exclusively. Because, again, I didn't understand um, the benefit of having, quote, unquote, the salad approach where you mix. And uh, subsequent to that, I've had some consultations with um, Dustin Sulak out of Massachusetts or Dr. Frankel from Greenbridge Medical out of California. They both specialize in um, administering cannabis for illnesses. And right. uh, yeah. yeah, they both they both recommended that I would use this salad approach where you would mix different strains to get the variety much as a salad gets you a better, a better benefit. And uh, it made sense. So that's what I've been doing since then. I've been trying to mix strains of CBD and THC. Greg, how has your wife handled all this over the last few years? She's been amazing. She really has been amazing. Um, She's, you know, I sort of felt like I was her doctor, which was really scary. It was probably scarier for her, but, <laughs> but, you know, you know, the medical community doesn't have anything to offer. Um, I'm not saying that's a, a negative against them, but the standard of care is just chemo and radiation. And so, you know, I had to sort of take things into my own hands and um, I've heard some of your other interviews and I've heard other people say that it's just sort of like, you feel like, okay, here we go, you know, and, um, so how did she feel? I mean, it took her a while, but we we slowly got into the regiment, you know, the the routine, and it became very um, became very smooth. We were using a hyperbaric chamber and all sorts of stuff. Anything that was non traditional, uh, we were we were trying to you know juicing um, supplements, but cannabis was the backbone uh, or the point of the spear, in my opinion. Are her doctors aware that she uses cannabis oil? Yes, uh, to get it legally, um, my insurance actually pays for it, believe it or not. Um, and to get it legally, we have to have the doctor sign off. Mm. So they have to sign my medical card, you know, so uh, that's how it's done in Illinois. Now, when she had the, the second brain operation to remove what was left that the first surgeon 
left in, uh, in her brain. What was the doctor's prognosis after that? Um, I don't recall him saying anything. I think we all sort of know at that time that GBMs, it's a, it's a, um, I mean, they call the, they call this particular disease, the terminator and there's a reason for it, you know? And so I think we all knew it's sort of like sometimes, um, yeah, he, he didn't really give me the prognosis. I don't, he, I don't recall him ever saying anything. I think it was just more like, Hey, it's not worth doing this third surgery unless you're going to do standard of care. So, mm. yeah. Do you know, we've interviewed a woman in Scotland, Lynn Cameron, who had the, the same issue as your wife and uh, she was on cannabis as well. And she's coming up to four and a half years. Yes. I heard that interview. I was, I was blown away. I was, I was really excited to hear that kind of uh, an interview, you know, and you know, one thing that I keep on reflecting on is um, we haven't done anything since uh, let's see, June of 2017. I've been, she's been doing now cannabis for three years we haven't done anything else other than some, she did have some Avastin infusions, which are to help with edema on the brain um, a couple times, but we haven't done anything else other than just cannabis for three, for three, almost three years now. So when I talked to other people that have GBMs and then I heard that interview with that, with that lady, I was so, uh, I was so encouraged because um, you know, I felt like Sally was on a roll and then, um, you know, that's, we have a little bit of a setback right now we're trying to deal with, but, uh, we don't know the ramifications yet, but, um, anyways, I'm still optimistic. Can you, uh, can you elaborate a bit on the setback you, you're currently undergoing? Sure. So, um, roughly December, January of this, of 19 and 20, <laughs> Every year she gets this, uh, I don't know if it's residual from the radiation therapy she took, but she gets edema on the brain. It only shows up like once a year. And so we're sort of watching for it. And what happens is she'll start to, her left side will become weak and it'll be pretty obvious. So immediately we'll, you know, we'll get her on steroids or get her these Avastin infusions. Uh, These Avastin infusions are usually about three over a period of about six weeks and one of the side benefits of Avastin is it actually reduces edema on the brain. And so this most recent one, we were watching for it. In fact, I told my daughter, I said, we're getting close to that time when mom might start getting edema on the brain. And a week later, it started happening. I couldn't believe it. So we were all over it. But then coming out of that, it seemed like her left side was a little bit weaker. And um, the subsequent MRIs now are showing that the tumor cavity is, is vacant. There's no tumor, but they do see some contrast in other parts of the brain. Um, and the doctor actually said, I haven't seen this before. This is a little bit different. This is unusual. I'm going to bring it before the tumor board this following Monday, next Monday, uh, for Northwestern Medicine. And he's, he um, asked for an MRI of her spine. And that took about an hour and a half. We had that done today. And so the jury's out. We don't really know what's going on. Um, so we don't know if the weak left side is due to residual effects of the edema on the brain in January or if there's truly something else where the metastasizing is happening outside of the brain or not. And uh, I did some research, and about 1% of long-term GBM survivors could have metastasis outside of the brain cavity. It can go to the lungs, the liver, the spine. Um, and so we're... We're just trying to see what's going on. 
Boy, that's scary, isn't it? It is. It, it can be. Yeah, it can be. I um, we're believers, so I, I, I <laughs> my faith, our faith is strong, and we're we're trusting. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm human, so yeah, we're yeah. It's, it can be scary. Yeah, for sure. And I love her, obviously. So, absolutely. How is how is her attitude now? She's doing really good. She's got. We've got a great group of people around. You know, uh, helping us, and um, you know, she's encouraged, and she's 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 doing very well. I think overall. Um, Again, her deficiencies are she's lost lost sight in her peripheral vision to the left. They had to cut through the, the optical nerve. Mm. So she's lost her sight there. And she has a little bit of a gant in the um, left paralysis in the left arm. But, I mean, overall, she's got a great, great outlook. Yeah. So they so. think the tumor, if it's gone outside the brain, may be somewhere in her spine? Possibly. Yeah, that's why she's she's a little bit weak on the left side, possibly. So we'll find out. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, is, yeah. she, is she totally blind in that eye or just her peripheral vision? Right. She is, to get to the tumor in the first surgery back in 2016, the doctor told me in advance, hey, I'm going to have to cut through the optic nerve to get to the tumor. And at that point in time, I thought that was a, a small amount to pay you know, to get to the tumor. So yeah, we, we had to make that decision. Um, and she's lost her peripheral vision in both of her eyes to the left. So when you, when I play cards, <clears throat> I sit on the left of her so that she can't see what I'm doing. She can't see my cards. So that's, I <laughs> uh, there's a method to your madness. <laughs> she's still a card shark. Yeah. She's very good. She's very intimidating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. How's your daughter coping with this? Doing, you know, doing well. She's great support. She's great support. She's doing great. Yeah, she's, uh, my son is 28. My daughter's 30. They're, they're great support. Yeah, for sure. Um, very encouraging and always trying to encourage us in, in that way. And it, it's just a long haul. It's a long haul. What can I say? I mean, it's, it's coming up on four years and, um, you know, life, it's the new normal, right? So it is, it is a little different. And, but, um, and we're trusting, we're trusting. So yeah, it's good. So. And it sounds like all in all, she's got th- that your wife has a, a pretty good quality of life and is able to uh, pretty much lead a, in quotations, normal life, whatever normal is these days. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. We're, we feel blessed very much because I, um, I'm in. You know, I've been on some other webs, you know, um, Facebook pages and stuff, and my my daughter shared some other things, and there's people out there with GBMs that have a whole lot worse than we do. I mean, it, it's a very aggressive brain cancer. And um, obviously the motor planning skills can be anything that you lose, you know, walking, you know, all sorts of things, you know, so uh, we feel very, very fortunate, you know, so yeah, very fortunate. And I want to help other people. That's what I want to do. That's why I'm doing this. I wanted to reach out to you guys because I wanted to share our story. Um, we don't know the end of the story, but I wanted to share where we're at. And I heard the lady from Scotland and I thought that was really quite encouraging. And so for GBM patients, I point people towards uh, Cannabis Health Radio because I said, you got to hear these stories. You know, you got to hear what's going on. And um, there could be a solution, possibly. You know, it doesn't work for everybody every time. But, you know, uh, medical, traditional medicine doesn't have the answer right now. So. No. Cannabis oil's got about an 80% success rate. So that's pretty good. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and you know, I think the ones that tend to be more successful, Greg, are the ones that take their health into their own hands, 
and take control of the situation versus the cats are controlling them. So yes, do the cannabis oil, but how's that diet of yours? You know, like right. a holistic approach, just not, you know, not just cannabis oil. Correct. Yeah, I think it's a it's a multi-pronged approach. I think it's not one, just one 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 thing alone. It's a multi. You want to attack it from every angle possible. So she hasn't had any sugar, and and she's lost thirty pounds, and she hasn't had any sugar for three and a half years. I mean, we yeah. basically eat a whole food diet, you know, and um, and uh, juicing pretty consistently. So yeah, yeah. I think cannabis oil is kind of like the foundation. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that's holding it all up. But you know, yes, it's a holistic approach, mind, body, spirit. You know, what is your diet like? And you know, are there, are there some supplements you could be doing? And have you addressed some emotional level uh, issues that may be uh, creating health problems? So, it sounds like you've you've cu- covered all the bases and you've done extremely well for her to be here with us today. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're just really grateful to have her. Yeah, when you when you hear that diagnosis. Um, you know, 12 months, you know, and you're sitting here looking back at 12 months, which is quite a ways back. And I'm looking forward to four years, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, hoping that that'll continue, you know? So, uh, yeah, grateful for the plant, grateful for all the people that are, are pushing it. I'm so excited to see it coming into the States. Um, um, I think our government's using it to get tax revenue, which, which is fine if that, if that's what they want to get it medicinally, but it's becoming more and more, uh, prevalent in the states, you know, as being accepted. So I think it's it's getting a lot of traction. So I I think in five years the whole landscape's going to look differently. You know, where do you yes. think she'd be today without cannabis? Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, she wouldn't yeah, be here. You don't want to yeah, speculate. Just, yeah. No, yeah, I, I just there's just no. Um, I don't see how. I don't see how it's such, I mean, to know that we had our first surgery and literally two months later, what is that September? A little over two months later, it was back at the same size. The tumor had grown in two months back to the same size. Um, that gives you the perspective, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's a very, so, very fast growing, deadly tumor. And correct. your wife is in one of the, categories where she has survived longer than the majority of people who have had this uh, particular type of cancer. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I talked, I, I noticed that my oncologist, I mean, when we talked to him, he's like, whatever you're doing, just keep it up. And I, I, I believe that his patients are, he doesn't have a lot of long term patients, you know, so we, so he's happy to see us and he's great he's one of the few oncologists that actually is willing to do anything for us. We want, he's amazing. Yeah. So I hear a lot of bad stories about oncologists, but I have nothing but good news and good things to say about ours. So, yeah. yeah. So we're very that's, blessed. Yeah. That's very encouraging because uh, several weeks ago when we interviewed Rusty Reynolds of New Jersey, whose wife had uh, exactly what your wife had, uh, mm-hmm. he knew nothing about cannabis, absolutely nothing. And when wow. she, when she was diagnosed with uh, glioblastoma multiform, he did a lot of research because the doctor mm-hmm. said that uh, she had 14 months. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he started researching cannabis, it took him quite a while, but he realized uh, in month 11 of this 14-month uh, life term that he started giving her cannabis. And the cannabis uh, prevented the uh, tumor from growing any further. But then mm-hmm. when she had some lung issues, uh, she was admitted to hospital. And the hospital refused to allow him to give her cannabis. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and she died. <laughs> and uh, I think the oncologist you have is absolutely he he or she is a gold mine. Yes, because uh, as you said, he he doesn't deal with many people who have a long term uh, prognosis, and your wife has. And what, mm-hmm. she, what she's doing, as you mentioned earlier in the interview, she has this cavity in her brain where the tumor was, correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And so what's happening now is uh, the tumor may have spread, but I think with cannabis, you can beat this. She can beat this. And uh, she can become the Lynn Cameron of America by mm. just consuming as much cannabis as she can get in her body. Because Lynn has a very um, positive outlook on life. Mm-hmm. And as Corey said, it's a holistic approach, body, mind, and spirit. If you believe you are going to conquer this, you will. But if you give up, uh, you're, you will find that uh, the prognosis won't be as long as you hoped for. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Lynn is the lady from Scotland, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, um, yeah, she's doing fantastic. That's great. It's so, it's so encouraging to have other people ahead of you for lack of better words, you know, um, and love to help the people behind us, you know, and, and and drag them along, you know, so with anything we can do, so to help people out would be great. So yeah, that's awesome. So in a couple of weeks you hear about the, uh, about the results of the, uh, was it MRI or a scan today? MRI. Yeah, it's an MRI. So spine, a spine, it's a spine MRI. Yeah, full spine MRI. Mm-hmm. So when we post this in a couple of weeks, uh, let us know what the results were, and we can include it in the uh, right up to the podcast. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll follow up with you, Ian. Mm-hmm. That, that would be great. Anything you want to say in conclusion, Greg? Um. Grateful for your show. Really am. I I point everybody to it. Um, I've said that before. I'll say it again because I believe I I just want to get the word out. Um, It's sort of funny. My dad, (laughs) my dad passed last year. Um, He was 94, I think. And um, he was always trying to help people. And the kids are really joking with me because here I am. I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm trying to help people. I've got four or five people right now. I'm trying to help with cannabis and, um, and um, pointing them in that direction. So I believe just just your program is one of those things where on the web I can point people that say, hey, you need to hear testimonies of people that have survived this or that. And so it's it's a very po- testimonies are powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can't deny them. You know. And so I would say that you know keep up the great work. I appreciate what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, so that's what I would say to sign off with. Well, you're absolutely right. When Corey and I started this, we decided we're not going to talk about the business of cannabis. We're not going to talk uh, about recreational. Uh, If people want to smoke cannabis, that's fine. What we want to do is talk about the medical aspects of it and have people tell their stories. Because as you mentioned, stories are extremely powerful. And uh, it's, it's... a one-to-one relationship that people have. And uh, we find that most people who, uh, would you agree with this, Corey? Most people we've talked to always want to help other people. Yes. Yeah. And that's, yeah. The, that's the beauty of it. You, you don't hear a lot of people say, well, I'm going to take chemo and radiation and I want to help you. Well, <laughs> Christ, you're not going to yeah. help Once anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like once they've seen what it's done for them or their loved one, they feel like they need to share, which 
It's great. Yeah. It does come back to the bad rap that cannabis has and the way the laws have been directed around the world globally against the plant, you know, so um, it's the stigma that comes with it. Um, I would even confess that if I'm being asked with you guys that when they made it legal in Illinois, I'm like, oh, sure, another way to whatever, yeah. you know, and and um, it wasn't until I became educated properly that, um, you know, my heart was turned towards, OK, this has really got this has got some there's something here, you know. Um, I had no idea there was a medicinal value at all. Um, but I do know that I think the, um, the doctors, um, way back when in the pre forties used to have the black bags, used to have cannabis with them, I guess. And, um, Mm -hmm. there's a whole big story about that, you know, and how it got eliminated and everything. But, uh, so I never knew it had a medicinal value. Now I, obviously I know now. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to tell everybody about it. So I'm all about it. Well, that's great, Greg. Uh, tell your wife, Sally, that uh, we expect to be at her birthday party in 10 years from now. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Maybe we'll come up to where the sun's at in British Columbia or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Uh, tell her to keep her faith and, uh, and uh, she'll make it through this. Okay, well, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Thanks so much, Greg. Okay, take care. I'll be in touch, Ian. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you'd like to support us, there's a way you can do that, a number of ways, actually. You can become a monthly supporter for as little as $5 per month on our Patreon page, and you can also make a one-time donation through our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And we'd like to thank listeners for supporting us and sharing our podcasts with others who would benefit from having these testimonials about the healing power of cannabis. And spread the word about our show. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, And also subscribe to uh, YouTube. We're trying to hit 10,000 subscribers by the end of the summer. And uh, you can help us by subscribing to Cannabis Health Radio. And uh, you can also help us by writing a review on the iTunes or Spotify or Google wherever you listen to this, and share the podcast on social media. You just might help save a life. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're grateful for your support. We'll be back next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. 
Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.